All right, people, welcome to uh, the Stay in the Fight podcast. Uh, with me today, I got my former co-host of the All You See and Hear podcast, uh, Jeff Endy. Uh, he is the special teams coordinator, receiver coach, recruiting coordinator, man of many hats at Ursinus College. Um, and just for you people that uh, didn't listen to episode one, you know, one, go listen to episode one, uh, but a little bit of background about this podcast. Um, when quarantine hit, uh, I had an interview for player personnel job at the FBS level. And like, long story short, I didn't get it, uh, but I made it my mission to try to find out, you know, what I didn't know about the, the, the division one level uh, and end up having like a bunch of interviews with, with all these different people. And, you know, I'm talking to, you know, guys who are 25, 27 with full-time FBS gigs. And I'm like thinking to myself, okay, like whose uncle do you know? Uh, or like, you know, how did you get that job? Uh, you know, kind of jealous to be honest with you. Uh, but then you, you, you hear these wonderful stories and they're like, you know, they were living on their friend's couch, working for nothing for two years. Uh, and they really made a lot of sacrifices to get to where they are. Uh, and it just kind of inspired me to, you know, I want to go tell the story of, of all these amazing coaches. So uh, Coach Andy is a, a good friend of mine. Uh, we work together. Um, and today, hopefully, uh, we, we can tell you guys uh, his story because uh, he definitely had a different path. Um, and uh, I'm excited to hear from you. So, Coach. Up, man? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so just getting right into it, you know, uh, I know you were quarterback at Pottstown in, in Pennsylvania, ended up going to Ursinus College uh, right outside Philadelphia which is where you work now as a, a DB. Uh, when did you know you wanted to be a football coach? Yeah. So, um, you know, really, you know, always played football. My family's big in football. Um, always wanted to grow up being like an architect or an engineer. And, you know, math was really my, my thing. And it wasn't until my senior year in high school, I broke my collarbone uh, the second week of the school uh, of the season and kind of really just taking the step back from playing and, you know, helping out my backup now my senior year, he's a young sophomore quarterback, um, you know, kind of talking through the coach about, you know, just kind of taking that step back and seeing football different from the player's eyes and seeing it from, you know, a coach's eyes on the sideline or, you know, in the game planning, it really just kind of sparked that interest for me. So I really left high school knowing that's what I wanted to do. Um, and it was a big reason that I chose Resinus then too, because they had a coaching minor. Um, I talked to Coach Gallagher, who's our head coach, through the recruiting process. And, you know, he really just spoke about his network and where he, you know, I'm sure it's going to be a big thing as you know, this podcast goes on is all about network. So, you know, just kind of tying myself to Coach G and, um, you know, really just going to a, a spot where I thought I could learn a lot more football, which, you know, you brought up I played quarterback. When I got recruited, they really wanted me to play defense back. Uh, so, you know, something where – you know, I, I maybe, maybe had five tackles in my career, you know, wasn't a great cover guy when I got to college, but making that switch just kind of opened up my eyes to a whole different side of football, you know, mm -hmm. learning the defensive side of things and, um, you know, never knowing what a technique was for a defensive lineman to kind of knowing the whole defensive scheme, you know, by my sophomore year was something I really took a lot of pride in was, was kind of learning that side of the ball too. And really just kind of took me through the next couple steps of, of my career so it was a lot of fun to to kind of learn that way so it was was it one of those things where like your coaches knew that you were going to be a coach one day I think so I think my head coach kind of knew it uh, and he's been a really uh Brett Myers who um you know is, is a pretty successful coach in Pennsylvania went to like the last three state titles out in Middletown 
um, is a great mentor for me. He's always someone that I'll text, you know, kind of immediately. And um, I think early on, he kind of started picking my brain to see, make me think a little bit differently. You know, mm-hmm. as a, a young high school kid, I was going to the high school to, and, and, you know, he was quizzing me about different coverages and, and plays that would work against those coverages. So just making me think differently as a football player. And, um, you know, early on, you know, once I got hurt and, and then I was able to come back and play, thankfully after that season, I was like, I can't stop football, you know, whether mm-hmm. playing or, or coaching, I just had to be tied into the game. And, and I think he knew that just from my, my personality and us, you know, talking through those years, it was a, a really special bond with, with me and coach Myers and, um, you know, really just kind of catapulted me through the, the next couple of years. Absolutely. All right. So uh, bring me back. So what were your, your first steps and like, how did you first break into the profession? Yeah. So uh, once I graduated from a sinus, I still had to do a semester of student teaching. So, uh, I was technically graduated. I had my degree, but to be a certified teacher, I needed to be, I needed that to do that semester of student teaching. So I wasn't quite done yet. Um, and each uh, Shane Eaches, who was the defensive coordinator uh, at our science, you were working for him at the time. He called me in like July or June. It was pretty late in the summer. Um, just asking if I would be willing to come out, uh, come out and help. And he knew I, had to do student teaching. I was close. I was student teaching at Pottsgrove uh, High School at the time. So it was like a mile away from my parents' house. Um, so it was, it was really something where I could go teach, get to assignments by three o'clock, 3.30, do the meetings, you know, practice, and then go back and watch film with you guys afterwards. So that was kind of really the first step. And uh, when I tell you those were some long days, those were the, probably the longest days just because I had something other to do than coaching, you know, mm-hmm. when you're just coaching for, you know, those 12 hour days, that's, you know, cool. But, uh, you know, waking up at seven to, you know, being at the school at seven o'clock, going through a whole full lesson uh, or day of lessons and teaching, um, running down 422 to get the practice on time and, and practicing. And then we watch film till, you know, 9 30, 10 o'clock at night, or, you know, we're game planning for the next day. Mm-hmm. Those were long days um, and then grading papers and, and doing all that stuff and then still studying to practice or to take my practice exam. It, those were long days. So um, I'm really grateful for those times because learned even more than, you know, when you actually get into the true game planning of things. And, you know, I, I think you, you probably remember better than me, you know, just a young kid. And I just came in with ideas. And, and the one thing I was really appreciative was, was you or Shane, never really just told me to shut up or just like sit back and listen. Like my ideas, I felt like they mattered in that setting. Um, And I don't know if that's true for a lot of young coaches when they get in. And I think really Mm -hmm. the next step of my, of my career really took me back because I had a say with you and Shane. And then, you know, the next step, it kind of, you had to work your way through those steps to to earn that. And I think I earned my trust with Shane playing for him and he kind of knew what I knew Mm -hmm. in our defense um, but yeah, so that was, that was definitely a lot of fun. We didn't have the, the best year. Um, you know, I think we were three and seven or whatnot, but, um, it was definitely different because obviously I was coaching guys that I played with. Um, so that's kind of a whole different yeah. realm of things. Is, Could you elaborate it, on that? Like how difficult is that? Where like, you know, these are guys that you're spending time on Saturday night with now all of a sudden it's, you know, you're in an authority position you know, what is that like? Absolutely. Uh, so I think the big thing is, is 
you know, I was told early on, just be yourself in coaching. Um, and I, I kind of saw uh, from your first episode, like you were just the author, uh, authoritarian type because your coaches were like that. So, uh, you know, my one thing was just to be me, you know, coach, help out where I could. And I think it really took the players to be more mature than, than what they were. And, and, you know, my best friend roommate was the guy I was coaching in my position group. So, you know, was I coaching him? No, Shane was coaching him. I was kind of coaching the younger guys. And um, it was really for the other guys, the older guys who obviously knew I was, you know, what I was doing at school and they, we were you know, hanging out Saturday nights. They had to be more mature just because of that relationship. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think one of my buddies early on, like was kind of talking trash to me, like we were friends and we are friends. We're still friends to this day. I talk to him all the time. Um, but one of the other coaches heard about that and kind of like flipped, flipped on him. Uh, and it was really early in camp. So once that happened, um, you know, it, it really wasn't an issue. Um, but yeah, it's definitely weird. And, you know, if you are in that situation where you're coaching your buddies, you know, coach them. Don't, you don't have to be the guy who's, you know, mother effing them. You could just, you know, help when you see, love them up when you see they, that they do good and just, and have fun doing it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I have in my career been around coaches that graduated and started coaching or, you know, recently graduated and, you know, they're working with guys that, um, you know, that they, they played with. And I think the most important thing, like you said, is obviously a level of maturity from the players, but also for yourself, like there's definitely a level of restraint to like, all right, I'm in this position of power. Like I'm not going to go back to the dorm after practice on Friday or something like that. And like, hold yourself to, to that level of steam. And I, I thought you did a really good job with that. Yeah, uh, it was tough. I mean, my girlfriend was still at school at the time too. You know, she was a junior at her, at her sinus and um, you know, us just seeing each other in the parking lot after practices, we did that for, you know, the whole season, um, you know, and, you know, unless that it was, it, that was probably the toughest thing was, uh, mm. you know, just not being able to, and even the friends, my friends were still playing, you know, I couldn't, you know, it, it was tough, but I, I was glad to get through it. And, and I, I learned a lot that, that season for sure. Absolutely. All right. So recap the rest of your career for me, you know, where did you go? How much did you make? How much was rent? Like, how did you survive? Yeah. Um, so right after that season, I, uh, continued to substitute. Well, first, did you, did you get paid at her sinus that year? I did not. So I was okay. a volunteer at her sinus, um, while student teaching, which was obviously a free job too. So kind of working two jobs for free. I'm really lucky that, you know, my parents have been very supportive during this whole time. And um, so right after the season where the sinus, I continued to substitute teach uh, for my high school. Um, so I went back to Pottstown and was a long-term sub there and actually was making pretty solid money. Um, and I was always told one thing coach Myers told me early on is that if I do ever end up taking the coaching job or the teaching job, my coaching college career is probably going to be over just because it's too hard to say no to the money. Uh, so, you know, I was making solid money. The high school offered me a job to stay and I just couldn't do it. Cause I knew it would be the end. Cause I'd end up probably, you know, coaching high school, which is fine. You know, it's just, it all depends on what the journey you want to take. Um, and I just wasn't ready to say no to college football yet. So I really started to apply to every job on the football scoop. Um, heard back from maybe two out of like 50, uh, which was pretty crazy. It's kind of demoralizing when, you know, you, you just want that chance and um, you know, you just don't even hear back for a lot of them, which I, and you know, everyone's applying to those jobs. So it makes a lot of sense, but you know, it wasn't until uh, King's college called me 
you know, Coach Nar called me on the phone one day. Um, you know, we talked for a little bit. He knew Coach Gallagher. You know, he was a Muhlenberg coach back in the day, so they coached against each other a bunch and um, offered me to come up on a, on a on an interview. And I, I felt like I did really good. I prepared, you know, preparing for an interview is probably the, the biggest thing that you can do. And, uh, you know, thinking about the questions that they could have because, you know, later on I went on a different interview and I wasn't prepared for the questions I had and, you know, just completely sunk the interview by not being prepared to answer it. Um, but going into the Kings interview, I felt really good. I felt comfortable, you know, getting up on the board and talking about, you know, what we did at our sinuses defense and, um, you know, just, just being really real. And so I took that job. I ended up getting it. It was uh, an, an intern position. So it was $3,000 with full housing and meals. So it was about $150 a check every two weeks, uh, which is pretty crazy. Uh, but the really nice thing was rent was free. You know, I was living right on campus. I got breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I was probably eating, you know, the best I had in, in a couple of years and definitely in the years previous or following. Um, so I was eating good, you know, really short commute to campus, which was really nice, uh, but kind of went back into, you know, when I got there, it was about two weeks before camp. So I didn't really have a lot of time to learn the defense. Uh, I was a, the defensive backs assistant coach. Uh, and, you know, how I look at it, I was really kind of the secretary of the defense. I was mm. uh, making up the, the the scout cards. I was typing up the script, typing up the practice plans and, um, you know, really just facilitating for the defense. It was almost quality control type of stuff. And, um, you know, I was in charge of, of the camera girls and making sure uh, the filming was getting done. And if, if we didn't have batteries, I had to run up and charge them or do all that kind of stuff. So, um, I would say that first year there, I didn't do as much coaching as I thought I would do, but I worked really hard at it. And I tried to be the best quality controlled, you know, print out the best cards, make sure everything was prepared. And, um, you know, so because of how well I did that first year, I, they gave me a little bit more responsibility into the second year uh, and actually let me coach the corners as a position group, which I was really thankful for. Um, so that first year was different. Um because of not making any money, you know, just kind of, I didn't buy food. You know, I, I had the cafeteria. So every meal was really at the cafeteria. I didn't go out to eat. Um, you know, when we went to the bars, luckily the older coaches would take us, take us interns out and kind of, you know, you buy us a, a pitcher. So we didn't have to worry about spending money, which I was really grateful for uh, because I was away from my family for the first time you know, living in a different part of, of Pennsylvania, uh, it was different. So I was, I was really grateful to have some older coaches kind of take us under our wing there. Um, and then moving into the second season there, I got uh, what you could call a promotion um, to a restricted earnings job, which ended up making $9,000 for 10 months. Uh, and the really tough part about that was you only got paid while the school is in session. Mm -hmm. So you got paid from like September to early December. And then you didn't get paid again until I think late January or February. So uh, that was definitely different. Um, and with that pay raise, then we also had to go get our own house and we were off the meal plan too. So me and two other coaches found this house um, about 20 minutes away from Kings's campus, not in the best of neighborhoods. And our rent was $680 for the month, uh, which was the whole place. for the whole place. We're talking <laughs> about a, a three, uh, two floor house, you know, three bedrooms. Uh, so me, uh, two coaches and one coach's fiance moved into this place. So, um, you know, we were paying $170 a month 
uh, each for the rent and then, you know, utilities and whatnot, which, you know, all in, we were probably like two, little over $200. So it was crazy cheap. Um, with crazy cheap, obviously came the area that we were living in, uh, kind of a sketchy neighborhood. Uh, we killed a ton of mice uh, once it got cold in, in the winter. So um, definitely living differently. Um, I didn't have a bed at the time. So I, I bought an air mattress, was sleeping on an air mattress uh, until I could get a bed up to the house. So maybe that's why your back's so messed up. Absolutely. Uh, it was definitely different living, um, you know, trying to make a box of pasta, you know, go as long as it can. Um, sp- you know, and, you know, from, from working together, I can eat SpaghettiOs and tuna fish packets for, for lunch, just trying to find the cheapest deals at the grocery store, just to try and make it through the week and, and make sure that you, you stay well-fed and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, living in that house was a lot of fun with the, you know, two coaches that I definitely would call, um, you know, my, some of my best friends in the coaching uh, world, um, but it was definitely different living. So uh, luckily I only lived in that house for about six months. Um, and when we got to the coaching convention, I guess it was 2018. You know, one thing I always did was try and hit you up or hit uh, Shane up and see what you guys were doing that, you know, that first night out. So I was lucky enough to run into you guys and um, you know, met with coach Gallagher and kind of just started talking and, um, you know, at, at the time he said that there might be a job opening up at our sinus, which was kind of like always kind of the dream, right? Come back down to our sinus where my family kind of is, you know, 20 minutes away. My girlfriend was working in Philly. Um, so it was almost too good to be true that this job could be opening up, um, you know, right in the winter when I really didn't want to live in that house anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I was tired of killing mice and, um, you know, just being away from my girlfriend at the time was probably the, the toughest thing, you know, we only saw each other, you know, once or twice a month. So, you know, really the opportunity, which, you know, we, we obviously were out at night in Charlotte, didn't know how much truth was actually in this job opening up. So, um, you know, a week goes by I'm back at Kings and I'm recruiting for Kings and um, coach Gallagher then calls me and we talked a little bit more. And I was like, wow, this thing is actually maybe going to happen. So I, I went and told Coach Nar, like, hey, this job could open up. It's going to be, you know, a little bit more money. Um, Housing is going to be included. They're just different benefits from what I didn't have at that time at the, at the job in Kings. And for guys that, you know, if you are looking for the next job, I would always say, you know, tell the head coach, uh, tell the guys that you're working for just because, you know, they could always help you. They might make a call for you or, you know, whatever it might be. So Coach Nar was very supportive of me, you know, going forward with this job. Uh, so the weird thing was I got a call Sunday by coach G uh, like, Hey, like we need you to come pretty much ASAP. Uh, so uh, can you be here Monday? So, you know, I get off the phone I call coach Nar. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to take this job, but they need me there Monday, which was, you know, kind of screwed up to them. You know, I was leaving them kind of high and dry in the middle of the biggest recruiting season um, or part of the recruiting um, time where they're scheduling visits and whatnot. But um you know, I gave them everything that they needed to, to keep going with my recruits. And I packed up my stuff, not even all my stuff. I packed up pretty much clothes um, and moved back home to my parents and was at the office for a science, I think, on Tuesday. Hmm. Uh, so, um, you know, and, and really just started the job there. So that was kind of a whirlwind of how I got back to her sinus. Awesome. Uh, do you have any good stories from like when you were just like broke and making no money? <laughs> um. You know, it, it was some, 
so when, when I was at Kings, there was like nine other coaches. We actually had a pretty big staff for a division of three. There was like nine guys in the office all the time. And uh, the one guy, a couple of the guys always wanted to go to this um, King buffet, um, your Chinese buffet restaurant. And they were like, Oh, let's, let's go there after practice. It was right next to the field. So it was pretty convenient. And, you know, just being kind of frugal at the time, not spending uh, any money, my tagline became uh, maybe next pay period, maybe next pay period. So that was kind of, you know, and every once in a while I'd be like, all right, let's go. And it was like 10 bucks, you know, it was something <laughs> where yeah. you're looking back, I probably could have went and it wouldn't have broke the, the bank, but you know, just next pay period, maybe we'll go then. So that kind of became the running joke um, of, of you know, just not making any money. And, you know, you kind of have to change the way you're thinking, you know, you have friends who, are working, you know, corporate jobs or, or doing whatever, and they're making solid money. And you can see, you know, they're living in the city and, and going out to the bars every weekend. And, um, you know, when I was going out to the bars, I was still looking for, you know, the dollar 25 special or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was probably, you know, from, from making no money, that was pretty tough. Um, you know, when we did move into that house and, and, uh, that second year at King's, um, the toilet ran. Uh, we owed about three hundred dollars in water bill for the first time. Mm. Uh, and when I say that almost broke the bank, uh, you just kind of see the savings dwindle. Uh, and at the time, I was really living off the savings that I made substitute teaching, which was two years ago now. Um, so just watching my my savings where it was that you know solid, and then it just every month was going down. I was actually every month was in the negative after rent and food, uh, gas, the whole deal. Um, the, the paychecks just weren't surviving that. And that was mm-hmm. a big reason to move on. So um, it was definitely scary, you know, those times and you, you're wondering, you know, how can we do this? And, and it ends up working out and hopefully it, it works out for, for everyone listening. But um, when you see the, the money start to really go down, it's a scary, scary. Yeah, definitely becomes so, real. Yeah. So you've been at our science for a couple of years now. Um, what would you say like your, your break has been? Uh, I mean, probably the biggest break would have been you <laughs> moving on to, to Akron, um, you know, was kind of in a role at her sinus where unless somebody moved on, I was kind of stuck mm. uh, and, you know, had a lot of coach talks with coach Gallagher at the time and, and wanting to, you know, I'm at the point in my life where I want to kind of start the family, you know, do whatever it might be with that and, and move in with my girlfriend and, um, it just wasn't feasible at the the spot I was at. So, um, you know, coach, coach Gallagher has been there a long time and a lot of assistants have too. So uh, it really was going to take somebody to move on for my, for my break to happen at her sinus. And, um, you know, I know, you know, working with you, you wanted to take that next step to the next level. And, um, you know, you got your break and kind of inadvertently gave me my break. So, um, you know, now, you know, full-time special teams recruiting coordinator has been, been a lot of fun. It's been a crazy year to kind of be in that spot just cause you know, recruiting is a little bit different. Um, you know, this fall, we, we only practice a little bit, so not even really able to do special teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, for the most part, it's been, it's been good just to kind of have a job in this time. Uh, that's probably been the, the most relaxing thing. Um, but yeah, I would say you gave you allowed my first break to happen for sure. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. But uh, all right, so kind of looking back on it, you know, now that you're a little bit more comfortable and in a better position, like, could you do it all over again? I think so. Um, 
because I had such a great supporting staff, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. you know, my, my family was always great for me. Um, you know, whether it was, you know, sending up meals uh, that second year at Kings and, or, you know, just helping with like the phone bills and stuff like that. So I, I think if I, if, even if I didn't have the supporting staff, I would try and be as resilient as possible. You know, there's definitely ways in this world where you can get by um, and leaning on the people. There was enough people even outside of my family at Kings that w- were very supportive and, and would help out if, you know, you know, coaches have moved into other coaches houses until they found something. So um, definitely just, I think I, I could, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, to, say no to money, especially when you have job offers on the table that can give you that. Um, you just have to be very resilient, very persistent and knowing what you want and who you want to be. And, um, you know, it was early on, I was, I was obsessed with getting the next job, you know, moving up the ladder and, and climbing. And, um, you know, I had a long talk with coach Myers that second year at Kings and, um, he made it clear that if you want to just coach football, find a way to coach football and make the, make the dream come true. Uh, The rest will will kind of sort itself out. So just kind of having faith that if I just, you know, be where my feet are, if I can really just focus on doing my job and doing it the best of my abilities, uh, the opportunities will come, the, the, the success will come and all, all that kind of stuff. So I think having that support system um, and, you know, just believing in myself would, I would definitely try and I would do it all over again if I needed to. Yeah, no, I, I think you hit on a really, really important topic is like having that that support system in place. Now, I couldn't have done this without my family and um, like the friends that I've made along the way that, that helped me out, like obviously Chanel. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess everything happens for a reason. Definitely. So looking more to like the future, you know, what's what's kind of your dream goal and like what's like where, where to next? Yeah, uh, so you know, I always envisioned myself being a head coach, you know, when I was a kid, you know, and, and, you know, when I really started getting the, you know, the thought of being a coach, you don't think of being just the position coach or, so I always had, I want to be a head football coach. I want to be the leader. I want to be, you know, in front of the guys, you know, doing whatever. I, I just like that, the feeling of, of leading, you know, I, I, I felt like I was a, a pretty solid leader as a player and, and the chance just, to, to really own something and to, to put your stamp on a program. And uh, so definitely wanted to be, I hope being a head coach is in my future, um, you know, alongside of that, uh, you know, it's how I get there, you know, right now, especially teams recruiting coordinator, uh, kind of switch gears and, and coaching offense right now for the first time, which has been a blast. I definitely recommend young coaches, if you can take the time or if you're early on um, and can switch to another side of the ball, learn another position, um, it's definitely worth it. Uh, so I've had a blast coaching uh, the wide receivers and kind of thinking in a different way. Um, whether that takes me to being an offense coordinator at, at some point, going back and being a defense coordinator, um, really my thought process from having that coach with talk with Coach Myers back in the day was whatever it is, if I can coach football and start moving to, to starting a family and raising a family, the, the job is, is – just, you know, it doesn't matter what I'm doing as long as I'm doing what I love and, and what I love is coaching football. So I would say the dream was at one point is to be a head coach. Um, being in the southeastern Pennsylvania region, uh, just with my family, you know, near Danielle's family, 
uh, is great. Working at a, a school that I played for is a lot of fun uh, just because I, I feel like I've got a tie with our every class that we recruit. You know, I can kind of see a little bit of what I went through in them and, and just kind of giving that experience, I think, is the greatest part of being at a sinus, you know, uh, just kind of fulfilling, you know, just keeping that ball rolling. Um, so I, I would say really that's the dream is just to be able to continue to coach football uh, wherever that takes me. I'm going to just trust it and go along with the ride. Um, but, you know, not really being where my feet are, you know, let the opportunities come, you know, take the shot when, when it's there and see, see what happens. But um, not awesome, looking too far down the road right now. Yeah. That sounds like some offensive philosophy right there. Yeah. <laughs> but all right. Wrapping up. Um, you have, do you have any advice for, you know, a young coach that's just starting out or maybe somebody that wants to make a jump to, you know, from high school to the college level, uh, any career advice? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think one thing that I struggled with at first, you know, not when I got to Kings was um, it's okay to not be the smartest guy in the room. Um, you know, I got there and, and thought I knew pretty much everything there was about defense just because of the understanding I had in, in our philosophy at our sinus and, just because that's what you know doesn't mean there's not more to learn. And that's probably the biggest thing I've learned uh, over the last five years now uh, is just take, you can always take something from every experience. So don't be afraid to learn from somebody else. Um, you, you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room. Listen to other people. Um, that's a, That was a huge thing for me. Um, just thinking that I knew more than other people and I didn't, you know, and it's just, um, you know, so don't be, uh, don't be that guy for sure. Um, if you want to make the move, uh, lean on the people in your corner. You know, re, you know, high school coaches talk to more college coaches in a year probably than than anybody. I'm sure they've built been able to build um, you know relationships. So if you can have anybody give you a call, I, I truly think the only reason I got the first job was because Coach Nar recognized Coach Gallagher's name on my resume. Uh, so if you don't know somebody, get to know people. Um, I had, and, and as a young coach, I've had coaches bring me resumes at these, you know, recruiting combines and, you know, be like, Hey, I'm looking for a job. If you, if you have time, give me a call. So if you really want to grind that hard to get the job, uh, they're out there. You just got to think a little bit differently how you're going to get it. Uh, whether that's, you know, emailing every coach personally, um, going out and meeting them at these recruiting combines, uh, whatever you can do, if you really want to do it, um, there's an opportunity there. You just got to you know, pick up all the rocks until, until you find it. Um, so those are probably the two biggest things. And then, you know, just do the best job you can be, be yourself, um, really just focus on where you're at doing the best job possible. And, and the opportunities will then come off of that because if you do a good job, the coaches that you're working for will tell, tell you that you're doing a good job and they'll tell other people too. And, and they'll want to hire you for, uh, because of that. So um, just be where you are, work your, work your tails off and, and, opportunities will come hopefully awesome man uh, i think that's some really good advice uh we're going to sign off here coach andy you want to give them your uh, your twitter handle yeah uh so coach andy uh coach underscore andy uh give me a follow i'll follow you back and, and let's talk football if you want all right awesome man well i appreciate it and uh this is the stay in the fight podcast signing off <laughs>